0: you guys? All right. Turn over to 2 Corinthians 3. We'll start there. 2 Corinthians 3. There's an old ancient art way that God is starting to invite people into, and that is dropping our nets and following him. And uh, whoever thought that following Jesus was going to be the Christian way, because <clears throat> Westernized thinking, we've gotten into formulas, we've gotten into steps, uh, we've gotten more into knowledge than the person, you know, and, it, and I don't know if you've noticed, have, how many of you guys tried to do self-help? Okay, and so when you do self-help, you look at yourself, right? So if you look at yourself, you really can't fix yourself. But if you look at a person, it's the weirdest thing. If you look at a person, you get self-help. Just by looking at the person, you get transformed. But the enemy tries to throw you out all this information to do self-help, dig on, you know, dig on yourself, try to figure things out. And then it's strange. After you kind of get an epiphany and it's kind of cool and it works for a minute, then it's you got you again. You feel good for a little bit, and you, you read a self-help book, and then you feel good, and you get some ideas, you start trying to work at it, and then uh, it feels good for about three or four days, maybe a week, and then uh, later on, uh, you're miserable again. How many of you guys done that? Okay, praise the Lord. And so uh, all that's about to fade because we're getting so miserable in all that knowledge that we're going to follow Jesus again, and you're going to have to forget yourself. You have the power to forget your, forget your old self. Say that with me. I have the power, have the power. to forget my old self. To forget old self. See, if God has the power to forget every, you know, just forget all your sins, he's cast them in the sea of forgetfulness, that's in you. Christ is not somewhere up there sitting in a chair going, oh, I'm forgetting everything. <laughs> No, that power is inside of you. So you have the power to forget all of your past by actually just looking upon Him. And if you look upon Him, which is really strange, you're transformed in the same image. That same image is not something physical. Your mind starts taking on the same nature and thinking like Him. So you you automatically start forgetting things that actually pulled you down. You start dropping things that you've been trying to mend and try to fix that only entangles you. All that stuff starts to fade because you start taking on the mind of Christ instead of the mind of the old Brad or the old Sue or the old Joe. But every time God does something wonderful in your life, and it's strange when it gets wonderful and God totally attacks you and you turn to him and you feel this wonderful empowerment, you go out of here or you, you, wherever you are and, and it feels great, But then you feel like after the empowerment, you go back to going, well, i got to work on this. You ever done that? Man, that was really awesome. Had a real move of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. And then you just leave that over there instead of just walking in it and forgetting about all that other formula stuff. You go back and go, well, I really need to work on a few things. Well, what about the other experiences you just had? You just transformed into his likeness so that you could actually just leave that stuff. And you can be that person from there on out from your experience. How many of you have ever gotten a great idea and you feel the empowerment of inspiration? Okay. And then, you, then right after your carnal mind goes, well, if it's the Lord, or you go, well, I don't have money, or, you know, whatever, something comes in to try to choke out What? The seed of God. Are you all with me? The cares of this world, the cares there means the wisdom of this world comes and chokes it out. That's when you go, yeah, but, but you felt them, the thought came to you, the inspiration is the power of God to actually do it. But when you feel the inspiration, you just think it's an inspiration. The enemy tries to make you feel feel like, "Well, that's just a great idea." And you and you actually just allow the enemy to choke out the power of God to actually bring that thing forth. You just got the download of all the power to do it. And you just pe- became the person to do it instantly. But we think, "Well, that was really good, but I got to have steps." God is not into steps. He's God. He doesn't have to have steps. That means if God don't have to have steps, I don't have to have steps. I just believe. That's what he said. This is the work of God. These are the works of God that you believe on me. That drove the enemies crazy. Yeah, but what about, but what about, but what? I've got all this stuffed up knowledge, but what do I do with that? Uh, You just got to leave it. You got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Everything you've been doing has led you up to this moment with me. Now it's all about me. And your brain just fires off all kinds of manifestations. Right? I'll sip on his blood a little bit or get a little bit of the spirit, and then I got to figure it out myself. Come on, guys. Let's just get real. And we don't think that actually just following Jesus is the life. We really don't. Sometimes, how many of you guys have had the subconscious thing that you feel like you've got to know when you're ready or you've got to know when you're healed? You've got to know when you're changed. You've got to know. You've got to know. You've got to know. And that makes you worse. transformation is a miracle that means that you have nothing to do with it it's the power of god that works in you as you're beholding jesus that transforms you that means if he transforms you you don't become aware of your change that is the reverse of the curse is no longer having that torment of wondering i've got a little mole there i better pray on that one i got some problems here and But that's the Christian walk where that snake has gotten in and said, well, that's the way you're supposed to walk. Well, No, you're not. I'll just, its not the way it works. You just got to follow Jesus. And then he transforms you in his own power as you're walking with him. If I'm walking and being led by Jesus... And I go, hold on just a second. The Lord's not holding on. And I just go, wait a minute, I got to fix this thing right here and over here. I got a hole right here. Well, I look up, he's gone. And then you wonder, man, why aren't I in the will of God? It's because you just stopped to analyze yourself. Right? Come on, how many of you are analysts? Yeah, come on. How many fixers are in here? How many of you think it works? (laughs) It's the power of God that wants to take the place of your power. It wants to take its place in you. If you'll just move out of the way, drop your nets, everything that you've been trying to mend, everything you've been trying to do, and just start following the Lord, the power takes place of that place where you are doing it your way, and then it becomes his way. Then your walk of following the Lord becomes normal. Now, everybody else may go, well, but you got to work on this. You just, you just go, I'm following Jesus. I mean, the man at Beth- Bethsaida at the pool, he gets healed. He decides to get up. The Lord tells him to get up, so he just gets up. And when he gets up, the first thing that happens to him while he's walking in that power and he's actually feeling who he is and he's walking in it, the, the, the religious system comes up to him and goes, uh, It's the Sabbath. That's exactly what happens to you. It's that same thought. As soon as you think, I am free, I'm, I'm going this in this direction, I'm not turning back, your mind comes along and goes, yeah, but, you know, there's some things you got to, there's some rules around here you got to obey. God is the rule. Are you with me? And then, when you're starting to walk with him, you're transformed in his likeness, but without you having to know that you're transformed. Oh, please get it. You don't have to know you've been transformed. How many of you go to a mirror to look at yourself? Come on, ladies. Men, too, you know, we got a little. How many of you go to a mirror to look at yourself? All right, so we're subconsciously trained to go to a mirror to look at our flaws because if you go to the mirror to look at yourself, don't you subconsciously look at a little bit of bump here or I've got to put a little stuff here, cover that up. It's subconscious. It's in you, that spirit of the world that you were birthed into and trained. It's training you to look at your flaws, right? Then we put on either, we put on real makeup like the women do, or men or women, we put, up, uh, put on religious makeup. But isn't it strange, though, that in this word it says, but we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. We're, looking, we're supposed to be looking at the glory of the Lord as your mirror. But we keep going to the Lord to look at our flaws. Because the Lord is your mirror. But we're so subconsciously trained to go to the Lord or even go to the Bible and try to fix ourselves because we go to the mirror to look at ourselves instead of the Lord. Don't you? Oh, I got to get in this Word. I got to find something that's wrong with me. I got to get it fixed. Now. I got some strongholds. I got to bring it down. And before you know it, you're more demonized than you were before reading the Bible. Because And it's not our fault, it's the way the world has trained us. It sounds like wisdom to go to the the Word of God to try to find out and get delivered, try to get yourself fixed and all that. But you're going to the mirror to look at yourself, yourself instead of the Lord. But if you go to the mirror to look at the Lord or the Word of God to find Jesus, that's when you're transformed. Try going to a literal mirror without seeing yourself. Try it, ladies. It's terrifying. It took me two hours. I walked up to it. I'm, I'm a country boy, so I actually try this stuff. So the I, 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 Lord said, we go look at the mirror. And I went to the mirror, and I, look, I was looking at myself. He goes, do you see the mirror? I go, no, I see myself. It's a mirror. Uh-huh. That's the way your brain is trained. You're supposed to look at the mirror, not yourself took me two hours to finally see the silver in the mirror. And when I saw the silver, I faded out. I couldn't even see myself. Oh, God. you There's a place in the Lord to where you'll no longer see yourself. The only thing you'll see is Jesus. And you, you fade out. And it'll, like Psalms says, it will be like those who dreamed. Psalms 126. When he brings back the captivity of Zion, it will be like those who dream. It'll be like, you'll forget the life that you had before. It was like, where was I back there? That was like a dream. You dropped your nets. I mean, when the Lord told him to come follow them, that, that was flabbergasting. Because he's calling a bunch of teenagers that really don't have it together, but they feel the acceptance of the Lord. He didn't call them to follow him so he could fix them. Your life is not about getting fixed. It's about following Jesus. The way you get fixed is just follow him. More y'all's brains are going. <laughs> the spirit of this world wars with your faith to have you put more faith in your inadequacies than the power of God. The spirit of this war, world, it's full purpose and it wars against your faith to have you, trick you to put your faith in more of, in your inadequacies than the Lord or your even your abilities. You look more at your inadequacies than you do your abilities. If we took a survey, it'd be probably 90% of us in here. Now, you may not consciously do it like... You're, you're doing it on purpose. But subconsciously, the spirit of this world is constantly pushing you to look at yourself negatively. So it's all, you're always trying to pick yourself apart and look at the inadequacies that you have instead of your ability. It's true. If the Lord walked in this door right there and he said, Hey, come on, let's follow, follow me, let's go, what would you do? you get up and walk. And if it's the Lord, why would you have to worry about yourself? If it's God, if you're really with God, if you're really with God, I'm serious. If you're really with God, why would you worry about yourself? Because you know wherever he is going, he's going to lead you into wonderful places. So, why would it even matter where you're going? Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's really working in us? F E A R. That's the root of this thing. But these little, little young boys, they hear the Lord and he goes, hey, guys. <laughs> follow me. And they go, you got it. And they dropped mending the nets. They dropped casting them. They dropped all their systems and just started walking with Jesus. And they did that all their life. He did it again by saying, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Everybody pretty much left except his disciples. They they were still going to go, well, we're not going anywhere, so we're still going to drop our nets. We're not taking this stuff with us. We're going to follow you. You have the words of life. If I'm not with you, I'm going to go back to my nets, and I don't want to go back to my nets and start mending things. I don't want to go back to that mentality. But the enemy's always warring against that. He's warring against your freedom. If you're led by the Spirit of God in Romans 8, you're a son of God. So led there means you don't know where you're going and you're not even aware of what's going to happen. So that's life. So and if, you, if you feel like you're inadequate and don't know where you're going, that's the walk of God. But how many of us, our fear pops up and try to control it and i got to have a plan? God's got to know what I'm doing. With all unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image, say same image, same image, same image from glory to glory, just as by who? Self-help book? Your program? You ever been around somebody and that, and that their nature kind of gets off on you? I remember being around Benny Hinn for a couple of years. Before I knew it, I was going, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Every time I would look at Benny, something was stirring me. I would have this like another awakening. Every time I'd go to a crusade and I was going to help him, I couldn't wait. Something would start stirring, and I'd be thinking of Benny as as it's stirring. God would start being stirring in me. And I thought, God, what is that? He goes, Well, Benny is in my image. And when you put your mind on me, you're transformed in the same likeness. Benny is my image for your life right now. <laughs> Let me put it another way. I was in the major depression one time, major depression to the point where I wanted to quit this was back when I was pastoring a a pretty pretty large church and I was so down the first thing I thought was I got to get to Bob Jones some of you may not know him but he was my spiritual father and Bob lived about maybe 15 miles away from me and he was more than, than a father he was really my friend one of my closest friends and I remember coming off the mountain and I was driving toward Bob and I'm thinking of just getting to Bob. Y'all ever just thought, I gotta get close to that person? Y'all ever had somebody in your life that you look up to? You know they carry the power or they carry some type of different presence? And you know if you get around them, you're gonna get changed. Who are you actually around? I'm driving down that mountain, and I'm thinking about Bob, and by the time I get to his house, my depression's gone. (laughs) And I walked in, and Bob goes, you saw me, didn't you? (laughs) It's all gone. And I knew it wasn't Bob, that was God. He said, you saw me. Oh, if we ever really start seeing who we're around, you'd be surprised. My mind got put on Bob. The Holy Ghost did it. My mind got put on Bob, and as my mind was on him, I started transforming into God's image, and the depression had to leave because I was becoming like him. And by the time I got to Bob, I wasn't even aware that I had depression. I walked in, hey, how you going? He goes, you saw me, didn't you? You had depression coming down the mountain. You forgot about it. (laughs) Oh, now that puts that whole scripture in a whole different manner, doesn't it? That's why the friends that, I, that God puts in my life, I know that that is the image of God for me. Amen. And if I can't consciously do it, like religiously, I'm going to think about Jesus. That stuff don't, don't even work sometimes. You get frustrated. Call up your friend that actually carries the, the glory of God and says, hey, I've got to talk. And before you even talk, you're already changed. Because you're thinking about that person and what they carry and it comes off of you and then you just open up. Isn't that weird? That's what happened to the disciples. They knew they were going to be okay if they just stayed around him. And they start transforming into this exact same image. And then later on you see Peter having a shadow and everybody sees Jesus in Peter because they start throwing people in his shadow to get healed. It wasn't Peter living anymore. And the people recognized it was Jesus walking into the town through Peter. Where's that gone? Because the more you put your mind on him, the more you just, goodness starts transforming. It, It just comes up in you like a well, and it blows all the sand that clogs you up in life. Blows it all out of you. The words he speaks, the nature he exudes within you, it becomes like a well, a fountain. And it rises up, and it washes everything out that is not of him without you even knowing Who said you had to be aware? How about have a life? Get happy. You got God living in you. Well, you just don't understand. Well, just stay there. I'll take yours. Let me show you something. Let me show you something really quick. Because you don't realize we are all lights through the light. He was the first fruits of many brethren. All right? Here's his many brethren. And your consciousness goes, well, one day. If I just keep fasting and keep you know, doing all my stuff, I'll be like him one day. Well, then why are we even walking then? You don't even have time to enjoy the walk if you keep focusing on that, doing it that, uh, that route. You don't even enjoy the life he's giving you. The enemy constantly doesn't want you happy. He doesn't want you actually thinking about the things that are good. He doesn't want you thinking about the, uh, the adequacies and the abilities that you have. He wants you still navel-gazing and trying to dissect yourself so that he can you can be his slave of this world and still be a Christian. Turn over to Mark 2. I'm going to prove it to you. Y'all okay? Look at your neighbor and say, please breathe. Every service I do, everybody's like holding their, looking. The other day, the other day I was in... prophets have depression. That's our demon that always tries to come on us. I was, I was at a church the other day and I went in early just to kind of spend time with the Lord because I was really low. I was at a low point. And I was sitting there and I was just trying to ponder the Lord and I was, I could hear the voices of my old carnal mind and I was getting down and the Lord says, hey. And I went, what? <laughs> I'm still here. You want to follow me? And he never mentioned my depression. You you want to follow me? Well, yeah. Okay. Well, here, this is where I'm going in this service. And he never mentioned that I had a stronghold. Um, you know, got to do five steps of repentance or twelve Hail Marys or. Eat. <laughs> As soon as I said, as soon as he said, "You want to follow me," I just broke, because he's not even concerned about my depression. If I just follow him, it's gone, and it was instantly. It's like I went from the lowly state of being a prophet to this man of God. I felt empowered. It doesn't matter what situation you're in. It doesn't matter what ditch you're in. I don't care what you've done in life. Even if you did it this morning, God's still with you and He's still going, Hey, follow me. He's not looking at your stuff and goes, Man, if you don't repent, I'm going to tell you what, you ain't going to be able to follow me. That's a religious spirit. David killed a guy so he could sleep with a woman, had a baby, and that got killed because, you know, he'd sinned. And then after he'd been in ashes and sitting there praying in the temple, after it was over, he just got up. And now he just killed a guy. And then he had a baby. He just, I would have said, you've got a year to sit down. He gets up and goes back on the throne and keeps actually ruling. How many of you guys get down and think you've got to pay penance for a long time and you can't get back on the throne? No, that throne is still yours. You can get back up and get back on there. It doesn't matter what you did. God did it for you. Get your rear end up, excuse the pun, out of your ditch, start following the Lord, and you'll start reigning again. You might have messed up this morning. You go, well, I, I might have messed up, but I'm getting back up, and I'm going to start following the Spirit. Let's go. And then the enemy would go, "Well, what are you going to do with this?" I don't know. You deal with it. <laughs> and then you start transforming into His likeness, and the enemy's going, "How's that work?" <laughs> Hallelujah. Mark two. And again, he entered. He entered. Say that with me. He entered. So here he comes into a city. And Jesus, by this time, has a reputation. Right? What's his reputation? What's his reputation in your life? Uh, anybody? Hell? Or what? What? Goodness? Kindness? Righteousness, all this. How does it make you feel? Great. Awesome. I mean, look at this fool. I actually believe this, and I'm excited. I'm not preaching to you. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm dead serious. I don't preach nothing I don't believe in. I'm not doing a message. I like walking in this stuff. He's got a reputation already, and you can imagine him coming in Capernaum. The reputation spreads out, and everybody's freaking out. Jesus in town. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah, Jesus in town. Now, as it's spreading, you gotta understand, they they don't, some people haven't even seen Jesus, but they hear about Jesus in the in the Capernaum in the city, and guess what? They just hear about him, their mind goes on him, and guess what? They don't even know they're already being transformed. And the whole city comes in starts getting an uproar. And Jesus hadn't appeared to nobody yet. Because everybody's talking. He's in town. Where's he at? I don't know, but he's in town. <laughs> and the whole place is being transformed without laying on of hands, putting in a line. They just started putting their mind on him. And everybody starts transforming and actually getting excited. If you knew that Jesus, hey, Jesus over at that water burger, what'd you go? Oh, that's good. No, you go, you gotta be kidding me. Your mind just, boom, it went to the Lord. You transformed instantly. You know why? Because you became kindness instantly. You just got delivered and didn't even know it. Oh, I'm telling you. You think I'm kidding. You just trans—you you translated through your own veil by just putting your mind on the Lord. And again, he entered Capernaum, and after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house, and immediately, say it immediately. immediately. Okay, there's there, there's everybody running. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door, and he preached the word to them. Then they came to Then they, say they, They. then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. So, I got to go fast, but these four men hear that he's in Capernaum. They get excited, so excited, instead of going to see Jesus, they're thinking about a paralytic man. Why? Because they're already like him. And if they're already like him, they're going to find the most twisted up person to go carry him to this place that's awesome. So you can imagine they're carrying this paralytic man on this stretcher. Can you imagine? And the look on their faces has changed. They have the attitude of love and kindness. They're excited. And they're carrying this guy and this little, little guy, he's trying to, you know, and he's looking at their faces and how excited they are. And as he's beholding them, it starts getting off. And you, re- I'll read the re- you can read the rest of it, but I know it. I've studied it a million times. I've, I've gotten so much out of this. They find, try to go to the front door, they can't get it. So they go back door, any, any place. They're just trying to get in. They just dig the whole thing down. They just come up on the roof. They just tear it off. But you got to understand, it's not about them. It's about the paralytic, and it's about the transformation that's going on. The guy is already being transformed trans, uh, before he even sees Jesus. He doesn't even know that he's healed yet. Because his mind is so on. Because they layer him down. They lure him down like this. And oh, Jesus. Oh, oh, my friend. He goes, look at that. And you'll read it. He looks at him. There's a son. He was perfect. That's why he called him son. He'd already been transformed by looking at Jesus through the eyes of those men. And when he came down, he's totally untwisted. He's looking at, him, he's smiling. Oh, son! He was no longer twisted, but he wasn't aware of it yet.. That's the power that's in you, not the power that's in Jesus to come someday. And they hadn't even seen, these four men hadn't even seen the Lord yet, but they've seen Him in their own consciousness of heart. And it made them selfless to go find the twist, most twisted up person and to care for Him. And how they cared for them, how they cared for Him changed His life. And it put Him back into the image of, of the Son of God that's why Jesus said, "Hey, your sins are forgiven, your sin's forgiven." In other words, you, you've been looking at me this whole time. everything's gone. He had to remind him it's all gone. The way you've been thinking about yourself, it's all gone. And then you had the analyst. The Pharisees are going, well, I just can't even who can forgive God. who can forgive sin, but God. And, the, and so the Lord has this compassion to turn and even look at the twisted ones in their minds. Yeah. And he goes, what, what, what can I do, bro? Now, he's not doing it to be pompous. He going, he's saying, what can I do to help you? Would it be better if I just tell the guy to get up? I'll tell you what, I'll do that so that you can know that this stuff's real. Okay, Okay. get up. The love that he had for those Pharisees transformed them. It wasn't a miracle. He bent down to meet them where they were, and he did what the enemy wanted him to do outside that, and, and go along with the system. So he did it their way so that they could see God. And it says everyone glorified God. Saved the whole house. Everybody went out there. Those men became the light of the world. Those men became a city set on a hill. Somebody totally different. And he says, there's a city set on a hill. The thing that's so wonderful, you look at the city, but you're looking at the whole panoramic view because that whole hill is gorgeous when it's lit up. And you don't realize it's being used to actually cause your heart to wake up again. Look at the beauty of that thing. He could care less about the city. He's worried about, oh, their heart's waking up now. If your heart wakes up, the enemy's toast. And you forget about yourself. And you start becoming the light of the world. Let me give you these scriptures. Philippians 4. Verse 8. Finally, brethren, he says, he's not. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good report, if there is any virtue, any kind of thought that you can get, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God, what's, read that with me, and the God of peace will be with you. In other words, if it's a sneaky, it's a Holy Ghost sneaky. Start thinking on the good stuff and you'll transform. You'll turn into peace. He didn't say, focus on the Lord Jesus Christ and see him with long hair and blue eyes and... You'll think you saw a demon if you start seeing that kind of stuff. No, it's the good things that come in your life. It's the visitation of God. Oh, I need a visitation. And then tomorrow, you somebody hands you $100. You just got one, but then you go, well, I just need a visitation. Oh, yeah. come on. That's good. I remember I met a... I, I was asked... I was asking the Lord, I went through this season of love thing where he totally just tore me up teaching me love. And I met this man, he uh, was in um, uh, Vancouver. He walks in, I would call him a godly type mystic. I mean, this guy walks in some major heavy duty realms of the Lord and loves God more than anything. He, that's all he can talk about is Jesus. And there was that one time he was sitting, he even sat with one of his mentors and uh, his mentor was sitting with him. He goes, i got to tell you something about, I've got to tell you something about Jesus. He goes, okay. And he stopped and he, he, grabbed, he said, I've got to go get my Bible. And he got out of his seat and went through the wall, walked through the wall, grabbed his Bible and walked back and sat down. And my friend about did something in his pants and, and, and he, he, said, he said, what did you just do? He goes, what? What did I do? You just walked through that wall. Oh, that's not important. This is important. This is important. He said Jesus is important. All this stuff doesn't matter. I don't. He, he said I don't analyze that that stuff. That's he said that's dead. I don't have to look at my walk except his walk. Freaked him slap out. Wouldn't that freak you out? (laughs) Wouldn't you like to have all your walls down in such a way and you're not even aware of it that even physical walls can't hold you? Oh, well, listen, the Lord says we're going to do greater works than he did. Don't get me started. Can you imagine loving more than God when he was on the earth? And he said that you could do it. That means he's giving you the power to do it. (laughs) Hallelujah. So when you start getting these good things hit you, it's the Lord's visitation to get you back into your original DNA. It's being like him. So every good thing that comes to you in life is God. Because all perfect good gifts come from the Father of what? That's it. But the enemy's got us all twisted up looking for something. That's, it's never going to be there. You're just tormented. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me read this scripture. Matthew 5, I'm going to give it because I just said it. Now, he's talking to the people. Now, these people have been following Jesus, and so he tells them something that they already are, not already, that, that will be. He's telling them something that is present now. And he says this, You are the light of the world. He didn't say you will be. How many of you guys take the bait of "I will be one day"? But he's talking to people hadn't even received the Holy Ghost yet. (laughs) They're shining just like him because they're they're looking at him, beholding him. They're looking at him as Moses did when he beheld him, and they are lighting up like a glow ball. And he says, "You're the light of the world." You're now a city set on a hill. He's not saying you will be. He's saying you are now. That's what the Lord's trying to tell us right now. You are the light of the world. That's why the enemy's totally attacking you is because it can't stand the light. And the really the only thing that's keeping you back from actually entering into your stuff is your old carnal mind in Romans 8, 7. It says the carnal mind is at enmity with God. So if your carnal mind is arguing and telling you all these bad stuff of who you are, you know why it's arguing? Because God's growing in you. And so it's going to actually curse God in you. Well, you're never going to be any good. They told Jesus that. You're just a, you're just a little old boy that just knows Carpenter. You'll never do anything right. That means you're like him. The more you hear the arguments of your carnal mind, it actually confirms that you're becoming more like him. Because the carnal mind that is in your brain is, can't stand who you are now. And so it tries to trick you to deliver Jesus out of you. Okay, let's pray. There's so much. I'm telling you, we are entering into some people that are about to walk and some major stuff, and they don't even know it. And I love that. I can't. I'm getting to the place where I don't care. Kill me, curse me, I don't care. I'm still gonna walk with Jesus. If I get a leg chopped off, I'm dragging someone. I'm going. It doesn't matter. Who cares about my life? I want His. I'm old enough to know analyzing myself doesn't work anymore. but I can sure analyze Jesus. I can take the I can take that perfection spirit I've got and put it on the Lord and find all these wonderful delicate things and details of him. And as I do this all of my life and walk with him, I leave a trail of glory. That's you. That's your makeup. Jesus did it first. He followed his father, and he mimicked it to the disciples, and then the disciples mimicked it to other people, and then it just dominoed. But somewhere in there, the enemy of this world got in and started giving you steps instead of a person. Because all the way back, I mean, you look at Moses' life, the wilderness. He said, put up a pole and let them look at it, and they'll get healed. A pole, and they got healed. They got viper bites. You're supposed to die. And they looked at a pole. They looked at a person, looked at a pole with a serpent on it. I would have thought that's demonic. Does <laughs> this make sense? Let me pray for us. feel deliverance in this room? Lord, you tricked us this morning. You caused our minds and our conscience to be put back on you even while we've been here. And there are people in this room right now that have been transformed into another nature, and they have not a clue what's going on, and I love that. We don't have to Facebook it. We don't have to do some kind of live thing make sure everybody knows. We don't have to know. The only thing we're called is to know you. And, Lord, I pray that from the young ones to the old ones that we would just simply start dropping our nets and just call out to Jesus. Say, hey, you know what? I I just want to, I'd like to follow you. I'm tired of following all this other stuff. I want to follow you. I want to enjoy life. I don't want to build anything. I don't want to make anything of myself. I just want to be with you. Lord, let that rise up in everybody's hearts again not only in this church, but in this nation. Let the call go out again, Lord. Yeah. Hey, yeah. follow me, yeah. just follow me. I'll make you light, I'll make you cities. And as people look at you and your light, they'll start being transformed into his likeness. He's already done his part, now you're the light. Now he's about to turn the switch back on in you And your mind's going to be back on Jesus And you're going to exude the shadow of the Lord His glory I pray for every person in this room Lord Jesus, bring them into more intimacies with you more revelations of who you are. God, we love you, Jesus. I love you so much. I just wanna explode with all the, the wonderful things you've showed me. I can't even bottle it up enough in my throat. There's so much goodness of who you are. Blow it up in them too, Lord. Expand yourself in every person in this room. You said your government would increase. I ask right now that your authority and your love would increase in inside every person. I pray for every person that's even been through betrayal and the enemy's got you looking at it through the eyes of pain instead of through the eyes of Christ. I just pray for your mind to turn toward Jesus, to allow you to see everything that you've gone through through the eyes of Jesus instead of through the eyes of pain. Even that got you here this morning doesn't matter what's going on. You're here. So something about that was good to get you here so you could just drop the net. I'm telling you, it's better than you think.